What's up, family? It's Jay Jones. We are Ask Jay Live, episode number 27. Uh, guys, first and foremost, I apologize for the schedule this past week. Of, uh, my, my mom hasn't been doing uh, well, and so I've been traveling and had to postpone stuff. So I just wanted to start off by saying that. Um, so what we're going to talk about today, guys, is you're not successful because you don't love what you do. And before we get into that, though, I want to tell you how this this topic actually came up. And I think it was a, a confluence of things, several things that really brought the topic up. Um, I've been talking to my oldest daughter, um, which I probably do several times a week. And we were talking about, you know, what her ultimate goal or ultimate plan is uh, after she leaves corporate America. And there's something that I that I always pray for my children, that they be able to live in their genius. And as I always say, your genius is the intersection of your passion and your talent. The puzzle to life is basically being able to monetize that genius and being able to live in a way that God designed you to live, meaning you're doing what God assigned you or designed you to do. And so earlier today, I was on Instagram and this Kobe Bryant uh, reel came up. And that's why I actually changed the topic, because it resonated with me so, so much. And he was talking about you once you find purpose and what you love, if you do what you love, there's a purpose and a reason for you to wake up every morning. And if you don't have that, a lot of times you're going to be walking around. Uh, as my, my stepfather used to say, marking time, meaning all you're doing is checking off the box, Monday, check, Tuesday, check, Wednesday, check, Thursday, check. And so that's something that uh, really resonated with me today because I actually had another topic that was going uh, that I was going to talk about. In addition to that, um, the company that my oldest daughter is at, they're going through some financial issues. So it may be a situation where she might be out of work for a while. And that's why I always say, guys, the best time to start your business is when you have a job. So if you're looking to transition from employee to entrepreneur, the best time to do it is while you're gainfully employed, because that takes the stress out of it, the transition, and also allows you to build a solid foundation. So many times, and before we get into the topic, so many times when we're pressed to make a buck, we're pressed to make a dollar. We make decisions that we know aren't the best for the business in the long run. But because we got to make a transaction and we need money to pay bills and live, sometimes when we when, when we make that transition from employee to entrepreneur, we don't do it correctly. We're building on sand instead of building your house on rock. And so that was really the impetus of today's show. So you're not successful because you don't love what you do. And so I've lived on both sides of the fence here. Let me grab some water real quick. Excuse me. I lived on both sides of the fence. And I did a show on Black Entrepreneur Blueprint about chasing paper versus chasing purpose. And what do you actually give up? When you chase paper, that means you'll do not anything, hopefully, (laughs) but you'll do almost anything that you see reasonable for money. And literally, guys, that is absolutely no way to live. Been there, done that for years. And so as I went through college, you know, I had side hustles all the time. I went through college, 
got out of college, got into corporate America with uh, several Fortune 500 companies, did my time there. Uh, I never felt that I was fulfilled or satisfied. Now, I was the worst employee that you ever want. Now, I did my job and I did it well. But in terms of mindset, I was the worst employee that you ever wanted because every time I looked at what I was getting paid and I'm figuring out, all right, if they're paying me this, what am I really worth? Why is my manager my manager when I'm smarter than him and I actually uh, could probably do his job better than he does? And so those were the type of thoughts that were going through my mind. So if you ever think that if you're on a job right now and you're thinking like that, you're probably you're probably ready to start your own thing. Mentally, you're ready. You may not be ready to jump out financially or fiscally based on your situation. And so when you go to work like that and you know that you're not living in your purpose or you're not doing something that you love, it, it slowly eats away at you. And that's why I come back to the marking time. How many of you listening to this right now are marking time? You, you put in a check mark by the calendar every day. Monday, check. Tuesday, check. Wednesday, check. Thursday, check. Friday. If you're living like that, you got to stop because it's going to kill you eventually. It's going to kill you slowly because you're not doing what your purpose is. And, uh, you know, I, I always talk about being daring to be great. Right. And I'm not, not saying being stupid, but daring to be great, meaning that don't live an ordinary life. And I know I always reference my family when I talk about stuff, but I'm giving you real life examples. Another thing I always tell my daughters is live a remarkable life. Don't be average. Don't do the status quo. Live a remarkable life. And what I mean by that is dare to be great. Do things that others don't want to do, but but never do because they're scared. Dare to be great. Live a remarkable life. I've in my 50 plus years, I've lived and done things that I never thought I would do. I never thought I would talk to some of the people that I've talked to through Black Entrepreneur Blueprint podcast. I never thought I would accomplish some of the things that I accomplished building two multi-million dollar businesses. You know, I, I, I knew I was going to do something good. Right. <laughs> but sometimes you don't know how far that you can go. And, and, and what it takes to get to that point. Also in that entrepreneurial journey that I love, I've almost lost it all twice. And so it comes down to pretty much this, guys. Just one or two answers to this question. Are you doing what you love? It's either a yes or, you, or a no. And what doing what you love looks like, it can look like different things. And let me give you an example. So and, and a lot of people run into this problem when they start, quote unquote, doing what they love. So say you like to bake. You're a phenomenal baker. Right. And so that gives you joy. That gives you purpose. You wake up. You want to try new things. Now, on the flip side of that, people are telling you, hey, let's start a bakery. Now you've actually started a business. That business may have employees. That business may have payroll. That business may have rent. So now what you're doing, you're moving away from what you love, the baking part, to running a business. So a solution to that, and this is actually a real life solution to one, one of my coaching students was, you know what? You don't like running a big business. You love baking. So why don't you create a, uh, a baking service or, or a baking business 
where people have to pre-order and it's all shipped or they come and pick it up at a location. So she got a, uh, a physical location. It's almost like a ghost kitchen where if you don't know what a ghost kitchen is, it's not a retail or sit down spot. It's a place where you're, you're licensed to create and, and, and cook food. OK, you have all the licenses or whatever. And what happened was she started doing that and she had delivery people and she also had a pickup window. So all she focused on pretty much was cooking and baking. Now, she set up a very simple uh, e-commerce platform I helped her set up. And obviously she could take payments via online or when they came to pick up or when it got delivered. And so now she was back to doing what she loved. She didn't want to, like she said, I hate having employees. I don't want to have to worry about employees. I want to focus on what I love to do, baking. And so a lot of times it may be hard for you to to visualize or understand what that actually looks like. But I'll go back to the Kobe Bryant um, scenario when I'm listening to his reel. He loves basketball. He loves to play. So he wakes up every day with a love and a fervor for going and trying to get better on the court. That was his thing, experimenting. How can I become better? Now, obviously, he had the talent to play in the NBA, so he was making, you know, mega dollars while he enjoyed what he was doing to love what he's doing. And that's why I said I think the focus, everybody's end goal should be, if they had their druthers, to live in their genius. And your genius is the intersection of your passion and your talent. But you have to learn how to monetize it. And that's where everybody falls flat. Okay, so. I love basketball. I played basketball since I could walk pretty much. Played in high school, got a couple of small uh, college offers to play in college. I'm 5'10", so I knew I wasn't going to make the pros. I don't have that type of skill. But a way that I could have monetized my love of basketball was maybe being a a coach or create clinics, you know, create a, a coaching AAU team, make money that way. But I think one of the biggest issues is, guys, You're going through life and you're doing something just for the money. And I'm not saying that's bad because not everybody's designed to be an entrepreneur or a solopreneur. But if you had your druthers, you would probably be doing something that you actually enjoyed and loved. So your genius, as I said, is the intersection of your passion, which is something that you love and your talent. Okay, now me playing pro basketball, I'm passionate about basketball, but my talent level doesn't allow me to go to the NBA, right, (laughs) when I was in my prime. So I would have had to figure out another way to monetize this. And so if you go to my website, Black Entrepreneur Blueprint, and you look under courses, my course, Pinpoint and Monetize Your Genius, and to me that is the penultimate of any individual that ever walked the face of the earth, living and working in your genius. Because if you don't love what you do, You'll tend to, and I can attest to this, you'll tend to, when things get hard, move away from what you're doing. So if you're an entrepreneur, and I want you guys to listen to this, if you're an entrepreneur and you're chasing the paper, you're in this business, whatever business you're in, because you can make a lot of money. As soon as that business gets super tough, guess what you're going to do? You're going to walk away and try to find another hustle because you don't love what you're doing. You are only chasing the paper. And when you do that, guys, I'm telling you, 
you're, you're, you're really living a, a life that, that you really don't want to live. And I get it. It's a puzzle. Everybody has a different puzzle. It's like fingerprints. Everybody's fingerprint is different. Your, your obligations, if you, do you have a wife and kids, family, partner, or whatever, how much resources or how many resources do you have to start your business, to be able to create a, a situation that you're doing with what you love? So I know everybody starts from, from a different spot. But the fact remains is we all want to get to that one place of being able to wake up every morning and do what we love. Now, I've been blessed, like I said. Now, it took me a, a while to figure this out. So I'm no genius, right? I'm pretty smart dude, but I'm, I'm no genius. So, so Black Entrepreneur Blueprint, I wake up every morning and I'm doing what I love. Uh, my true, my true gift, I guess I would say, is that of a teacher, not a traditional teacher per se. But in order to be a great teacher, you have to be a great student. So I'm a voracious reader uh, for enjoyment. You know, my kids will tell you, I like to, I read business books. You know, I, that's my enjoyment. I don't read like a lot of another, other junk that some people do to take their mind off of stuff. But Black Entrepreneur Blueprint is the culmination of me living in my genius and me becoming successful because I'm doing what I love. I'm teaching and I'm helping my community. So, for example, I didn't even start to monetize Black Entrepreneur Blueprint for two and a half years, literally. So I had other businesses and that's what I was talking about when I first started. Sometimes we start businesses and we have to monetize so quickly we don't build the business on a strong foundation. And so what I did was I built my platform. I didn't care, you know, uh, about making a dollar because that that that's not the point. It's still not the point. But the fact remains, though, if I provide products and or services to serve my 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 audience, my network, then obviously I need to be compensated. That's what business is. It's a transaction. But the, the foundation or the platform that I built was non-transactional. Two and a half years. You can come to my Black Entrepreneur Blueprint podcast or Ask J Live podcast and you can get free content. Four hundred and what? Eight episodes as of right now. So you literally could listen to an episode a day for more than a year. That's free content. If you want something else, the low end, we have, you know, my book or my ebook. Then you have some mid range courses and then you have some high end courses and then we have one on one coaching. And so but but the beauty of where I am right now, and I don't mean to, you know, not to brag or anything, but I'm happy. And it doesn't matter. Even when I started, it wasn't monetizing it. I was happy because I was connected to what my my true my true essence is, what my my purpose is, what I loved. I love my people. I have a skill with entrepreneurship through all my experiences. And I'm a storyteller and I'm a teacher by nature that is in me. And so when I put all of that together, it comes out to Black Entrepreneur Blueprint. So I'm blessed to be able to get up every morning and be super excited about the things that I have to do for this business. Now, with that being said, I gave you the example of one of my coaching students that likes to bake. Right. So now as I continue to grow this media company, I know that I can't do it all. So I have looking for outside assistance, outside help for things that I don't really enjoy doing, right? So if you have a business, you're not going to enjoy everything that you have to do in your business. 
You know, it could be cold calling. It could be looking for new leads if you're in the sales type of business, whatever it is. You want to hand those tasks off to qualified people so you can focus on what you're doing. And for me, I'm a creator by nature. Right. I have a list right now. If somebody looked in my phone or in my on my laptop, I have a list of over 20 books that I want to write. And I've only gotten to three of them. <laughs> right. So I got a lot more to do. I have online courses that I want to create. I have so many other things that I'm working on that that I, I don't have the time to do. And it bothers me because in my truest essence, I am a creator. I'm a teacher and a creator. And that's what I want to get back to be to doing. So doing what I love. And the reason that I'm successful in this is because I'm doing what I love. Now, yes, are there some areas that I don't like to deal with? Yeah. So I'll give you a real life example. So now um, I'm getting a lot of people that want to do coaching with me, individual coaching. And I try to stay away from that. Because I really value my time in the evenings. So I may have some programs like the uh, BBA Elite Group, which uh, we meet once a month. I don't mind giving that up in the evenings. That's fine. Uh, My one-on-one coaching, that's usually in the evenings. But I like to be able to relax in the evening, right? I like to be able to chill, do what I want to do. And so as I move, you know, get older, I should say, My values and the things that I want are changing, just like everybody else. So what you want at 20 probably isn't what you're going to want at 30, 40 or 50 or 60, 70, whatever, however, whatever age you are. And so at this stage of my life right now, what I value is 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 more so than anything is legacy. What I value is what have I contributed? So I want to focus on the things with Black Entrepreneur Blueprint. And this is just my love because I'm doing what I love that will be impactful. So being able to sit down and finish up the books that I'm working on for the BEB audience, the BEB family, being able to create the online courses and the tutorials and the resources to help black entrepreneurs move their business from point A to point B. That's what I love doing. I don't like doing a lot of the other stuff. And I'm at the point right now where I'm like, you know what? Um, I got to really focus on what I love to do, because sometimes I'll be honest in any business, even if you love what you're doing, you may not like everything about the business. And so that's why I'm in the process now of handing off certain things to be able to focus on what I love. So if you've created and I talked about this before, your Frankenstein business where it morphed or turned into something that you really don't like anymore, try to figure out and determine what you can hand off that you don't like so you can focus on the things that you do like. So for me, it's creating, it's writing. You know, I I do the podcast once a week. You know, I do two podcasts, obviously, Ask J Live and Black Entrepreneur Blueprint. So I know I'm committed to at least doing that each week. But the balance of my time, you know, I work on my other businesses. I have my e-commerce businesses. I have my, my media company. So I have three separate companies that have multiple moving parts under each of them. So my time is very, very, uh, is tight. So I have to be more, uh, uh, I guess I could say more um, specific with how I use my time. And as I get older, I'm going to be honest, my cousin and I were talking, yo, my patience is getting thin. 
I don't have the patience I used to have when I was 25 or 35 years old, right? My patience is getting thin for dumb stuff. I don't have time for things that, that don't move the needle. And so when you get to a certain point in life, and like I said, when as you age, your priorities are probably going to shift. Now I'm looking at legacy. I'm looking at my kids, making sure I've always looked at them, but making sure that I can guide them in the direction that they need to be in so they can wake up every morning and love what they do. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I pray that every morning, you know, Lord, please bless my children that they're able to live in their genius every day. That's the I'm telling you to me, I don't care about the money because if you're living in your genius, your money is going to eventually come. The money will come because your talent will make a way for that money because you're going to attract money. And so I don't pray for them to be rich. I don't pray, you know, obviously their physical, mental health, obviously, but for them to live in their genius, to be able to get up every morning and do something that they truly are excited about. Like I said, whoever's listening to this, if they're not, if you're not excited about getting up in the morning, doing what you're doing, you got to change it. Don't wait for somebody else to change it. Oh, if I make more money, I'm going to tell you right now, when you get to a certain level of money and by no means am I a multimillionaire or anything like that. But when you get to a certain level of comfort, money is not the issue because all of your, your, your things are covered. Your, your house is covered, your car, whatever. So when you have that under control and you know you can pay off all your bills in one month, I can pay my house off. Oh, I can pay my car off. Bah, bah, bah. Money isn't going to be an issue for you anymore. And then that's really when a lot of people start wrestling with themselves. Then they start looking internally and like, because everybody's on that quest to make money so they can quell, you know, they don't have to worry about finances. But once that is done, I'm telling you right now, you get to a point where it's a mindset change. Okay, I'm good. What can I do for others coming behind me? That's the point I'm at right now. I'm good. I always can use more money. Don't don't get it twisted now. We always can use more money, but I'm good. You know, how can I contribute to the to people coming behind me? How can I use my God given gifts, talents and resources to connect and help others? And when you get to that point and I pray you guys get to the point earlier than I did. Because it's almost like I'm, I'm living a dream right now. But it was hard work. Like I said, almost lost it all twice. But that was the process and the steps I needed to go to to get where I am today. And I think I have another show topic coming up. And I'm just going to tease it a little bit. This is going to be on Black Entrepreneur Blueprint. And I don't know the exact topic, but I'm, I'm going to say it's something to the effect that you're not su successful because you don't want to do the work. Right. Everybody wants the result, but they don't want to do the work. So even when you're doing something that you love, it entails, it requires work. And I think a lot of times people kind of poo poo the work aspect. They want the result. And so with black entrepreneur blueprint, and I've said this on the show, this show, and also the BEB show people tell, Oh man, well you got an audience. Yeah. That audience was built every week for 408 weeks consistently. I didn't wake up one morning and, and all of a sudden I got a hundred thousand downloads an episode that doesn't happen. So even though you're doing something you love, black entrepreneur blueprint, I love this. It's still work. 
I got to, you know, record the shows, interviews. I got, you know, uh, I still do some of the editing after I look at the edit from my from my my team. Sometimes I'll go back and make editing changes or whatever in the videos or the audio and stuff like that. So it still work. Those are things that I don't particularly like to do. And uh, like I said, I'm in the process of handing handling, handing off a lot of that stuff. But um, I'm telling you guys, you, you got to figure out what you love and then be able to do that with the monetization aspect behind it. So my prayer for everybody that listens to this episode is the same prayer that I give that I say every night for my daughters. May you live in your genius. May you wake up every morning and do what you love. My oldest daughter wants I, I know exactly. She's a chip off the old block. She's a mini me. She wants to be back in, in entertainment back. She's in New York now, but I know she eventually would like to be bi-coastal New York and L.A. She's a storyteller. You know, I don't know what that looks like. You know, she talked about writing screenwriting, uh, being a showrunner, directing, you know, shows and, and, and entertainment and being able to tell a story from our perspective. So I don't even think she knows what it truly looks like yet. But I know we both know that she's a storyteller and there's, a, there's tons of stories that she wants to tell about about our experiences and how she can affect that, be it writing them producing them, being a showrunner or whatever. That's something that she's going to have to figure out. Now, my youngest daughter, she it's funny. She just texted me. She she lives in Chicago and uh, she's not exactly sure what what she wants to do. She's 23. She's just getting out there. You know, her first, quote unquote, real job after college. She doesn't exactly know what she wants yet. But I'm going to tell you, my prayer is that she finds it and hopefully they'll find it earlier than I did. And that's why when I talk about pinpoint monetize your genius, I'm so and and that's another book that I'm trying to finish up now, but I'm going to go super hard on that. I'm going to go ham on that because that is something that is universal. That is something, a message that anybody can receive. And to me, I think that might be one of my greatest contributions, being able to help teach people or show them that yes, it is possible to live in your genius, to wake up every day and love what you do. Um, I remember the time when I was working at a, uh, at a, at a media company, uh, the same company that, that uh, used to own USA Today, Gannett, right? They own USA Today and a ton of newspapers. And uh, I was in uh, advertising. So I used to deal with the large accounts in advertising. Money was good. And this is after one of my businesses failed. I had to go back into corporate I did it for about a year and a half, close to two years. And I came home one day and I, I, I said to myself, what am I doing? Yes, I'm helping these companies, you know, generate revenues. But in the grand scheme of things, am I making an impact? Am I contributing to to the people that I want to contribute to? Or am I just sitting here taking the easy way out because I need a freaking check? Right. And so what what got to me was. They changed the commission structure. So I had a base salary and commissions. They changed the commission structure where you almost had to do twice as much work to earn the same amount of money in terms of sales, commissions and all of that. And then finally, that was the the trigger. I'd already been working on my exit plan anyway, but that just that just lit a fire under me. And literally within the next 30 days, I was out. I was gone. But 
and I started one of my other businesses, another business that I love, which was an event marketing business where I used to put on trade shows and expos. I, I truly enjoyed doing that. And uh, but sometimes you got to figure out when enough is enough. When is that that tipping point? You know, um, before that or actually after that, I just want to tell you all this quick story. This is the last thing that, that put me over the ledge. So after I started that event marketing company, um, that was going well for about two years. And then if you guys have listened to Black Entrepreneur Blueprint for any period of time, you might have heard me talk about my son. So I, my wife and I lost our son, Aaron, at 17 months old, a brain cancer. And so um, he's our youngest. So I got my oldest is 26. Our middle is 23. And my youngest, Aaron, would have been 21 right now. And so while I had the event marketing company, um, Aaron was diagnosed at six months with brain cancer. And so um, the event marketing company was going well, but obviously that threw a wrench into everything. My wife was a teacher at the time. She had to stop working. Uh, she carried the benefits because I just went out on my own. Uh, when she was out, you know, for an extended period of time, you have to do COBRA where I would pick up the benefits. We'd have to pay for the benefits right out of our, you know, out of our pocket. And anybody that's gone through that, y'all know health insurance, especially with three kids, ain't no joke. So that's a five, five people. And so we were going through that. And, um, uh, after we lost Aaron, uh, about 11 months after that, um, I went back, I was mentally, I was mentally fried and, uh, my event marketing business had dried up. Uh, things were changing. The internet was coming in and it kind of changed the events and how they were run. And I was mentally fried, you know, from the, the stress of dealing with, you know, my son and also financially, you know, we were in a financial bind and we almost lost everything there. So I got somebody that called me up and they were like, look, we have a, a sales position at the Better Business Bureau. Uh, and, um, you know, I don't know if you guys know the Better Business Bureau, uh, are actually independent organizations. So it's really, you can own a better business, uh, better business agency in, in a specific area. They're like franchises. So it's no real big, you know, national organization. It's just local franchise organizations. You literally can buy a better, a better business, uh, better business bureau. Sorry, better business, BBB. So, and that's something I didn't know. So I go to work and they want me to be in uh, outside sales, so I'm like, you know what? I need something to do. I got to get back on my feet. Uh, I'm going to formulate my next game plan while I do this. And so I'm out pounding the pavement, signing up new members for the Better Business Bureau and uh, my local Better Business Bureau. And I come back in. It's probably about four weeks in. I get my first paycheck. Well, I'm waiting for my first paycheck. So the president of the BBB, she's walking around and she gives out everybody a paycheck except me. And I can't even remember the lady's name. I only been there about four to five weeks. And she says to me, well, um, you know, you're not in the office much and I don't know what you're doing. I said, well, I'm outside sales and you've seen what I bought in, in these four weeks. So I don't understand if there was a problem with me being outside as an outside salesman, you never said anything. And so I probably bought in, and, 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 you know, there was about eight sales reps in that month. I was there. I probably was number four. I think I bought in like 14 new accounts and uh, she didn't have a check for me. And I said, 
I said, so you mean to tell me I'm not going to get paid for my work? She was like, well, I wasn't really sure what you're doing. Uh, you know, I'll call in a check for you Monday. I said, you know what? Don't even worry about it. I don't even want your money. And that point there was a point of demarcation for Jay Jones. I said, I will never be, ho- be beholden to somebody else giving me a freaking check again. From uh, God, uh, God, please, uh, God willing, I ain't, I ain't letting it happen no more. They sent me the check. I sent it back. <coughs> I tore it up and I sent it back to him. And I, I, could I have used that check? Hell yeah. But it was just a point where enough was enough. And I knew that God had given me enough talent, uh, intelligence and skill to be able to go out on my own. And not just to go out on your own, guys, because I had been chasing the paper, but go out on my own and doing something that I love. And that's where I hope you guys eventually get to. And I don't know what your tipping point is. I don't know if you're already there. Uh, I don't know if you're thinking about it. But I'm telling you, when that time comes, you need to trust yourself and bet on yourself. Don't be foolish. You know, I needed that money. Remember, my, my wife hadn't gone back to work yet. My son had just passed away and we were jacked up. But something told me, and I know what that something was. It was God. God told me internally that it's your time, son. Stop playing. It's your time. I've given you everything you need. You may not see it. You may not feel it. But I have given you everything you need to be self-sufficient. Get your ass out there and make it happen. Now, I know God probably wouldn't say that, (laughs) that, but you get what I'm saying. It was time for me to make a stand. That was it, guys. When she went by everybody and gave everybody a check, I've been busting my hump. You know, I'm coming home from work. I I pass my son's room. I just break down crying. I'm literally a, a freaking mess when I'm at home, but I'm professional in the office. I'm out there doing what I need to do. And for the to have that indignation after I'm bringing in accounts and I'm showing you, hey, I'm out there. I'm doing something for her to skip over me. And that's when it really hit me, man. I'm never going to be in this position again, God willing, that somebody else is going to have to pay me so I can feed my family. Now, if it's on a contract situation or whatever, that's something different. But as a paycheck, somebody's controlling my worth. Thank you, Lord. That's never happened from that point on. So I just want you guys to know that If you're not successful, it may be because you're not doing what you love to do. So try to recalibrate, try to figure out what do you love to do and how can you monetize it? If you got a problem, go back and listen to episode 199 of Black Entrepreneur Blueprint. Pinpoint and monetize your genius. It's literally the shortest episode that I've ever uh, done. I think it's 20 minutes, but it's literally the most powerful. And if after you listen to episode 199, then if you want more assistance, go to the go to the website, blackentrepreneurblueprint.com and download. I mean, and, and enroll in the program, Pinpoint and Monetize Your Genius. I was touched today, literally changed the subject topic because of the conversation I had with my oldest daughter. And then the confirmation came when I'm scrolling on Instagram and I see the reel with Kobe Bryant. And to me, that was confirmation that this is what I need to talk to the BEB family about today. You're not successful because you don't love what you do. 
And for many of you that are listening, be it live or that are going to listen to the replay of this, look in the mirror. Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? If you're not, figure out a way how to do it. I'm not telling you to go out there and cuss your boss out today and say, hey, I quit. You got to be strategic. You got to be smart about it. But I'm telling you the difference between living in your genius and living outside of your genius is literally 180 degrees. When you wake up every day with a purpose and a purpose that you love, I want to contribute to my people. I'm telling you, I want to contribute to my people. I want to share my know-how, my experiences, you know, with my people to help them build and grow successful, sustainable businesses. I I want us to work collectively. I want us to keep money in our own community like everybody else. And once we build up the economic side, now we can start affecting other things, housing, politics, education, media, the narratives, healthcare, you know, access to capital. But like I always say, there's no revolution without economics. For me, that's where it starts. It starts with you personally first. Then you teach that in your household. Then you take it to the community. And then from the community, you take it to the world. And that's where it needs to start with you first. And so, like I said, if I pray anything in addition to obviously health, mental and physical health and well-being is that my children are able to live in their genius. I want them to get up every day and love life. There's going to be things that are happening to us. You know, like I said, my son, you know, me and my wife's son died of a brain cancer. That's something we obviously didn't plan. We didn't know it was going to happen. Life happens. So it's not going to be all roses. But the things that you can control, how you make your money, you control that. You may think you don't control it, but you control it. Somebody controls it. Either you're giving away that control or you're taking that control. And for me and mine, I'm teaching them to take that control. And what that looks like is going to be different for everybody. So me taking control is me doing what I'm doing now. And I'm going to close. uh, And and if anybody wants to comment or has questions, um, I'll be done in a second. But. Had a conversation with a uh, damn. Who was I talking to? Talk. Oh, I was talking to a uh, a friend, an associate, and we were just talking about entrepreneurship. And the story that I was telling him was this: um, when I had my mortgage business before that collapsed in two thousand eight, uh, I was taking out. Uh, what were we taking out? Probably about a hundred thousand dollars. Like on, we we pay ourselves every couple, every two weeks or whatever. So we had a crazy month. And I had the bank that we use for the business. I had a personal account in there, too. And so I go to the bank on a Friday, me and my two business partners, and we all got checks for like one hundred thousand dollars. Right now, one of the tellers that we went to was a new teller. And so when I go, everybody else knew us. So so when I go up, I give it a check. The first thing, obviously, when you got a handwritten check for one hundred thousand you're going to look at it. And then we, we young and black, too. So that obviously is like, all right, hold on. Who's this fool trying to trying to cash this hundred thousand dollar check? So so I go up there, I give it to her and she looks up at the check. She looks at me. Uh, I already put in my debit card. So she, you know, she knew I, I, I checked out. I was confirmed who I was. Then she said, 
something that <laughs> that was very poignant. She said, why is the signature on the front and the back of the check the same? And I was like, because I own the business. So most people are used to signing the back of your checks, right? So the joke me and my partners had, you know you're an entrepreneur when you sign the front and the back of your check. That's when you know you're an entrepreneur, when you sign the front and the back of your check. And it's something I never thought about until she said it. And me and my partners, we always use that line. That's when you're an entrepreneur. Not if somebody else signs the check for you. You got to sign the front and the back of the check. So today was, uh, like I said, it was it was something that I needed to talk about. I think God wanted me to speak on this today. Changed my whole flow up because I had a different show topic. But um, I think it was needed. And hopefully whoever hears this, uh, it makes a difference, be it listening live or whatever. Uh, if you want to speak or you have any questions, comments, about today's topic or entrepreneurship in general, your business, my business, or just entrepreneurship in general, you can hit the phone icon on the bottom right to join the caller queue. Then once you come up, hit the mic to unmute yourself. So um, before I close that, we got any questions, comments, or anything uh, on the show topic? Okay, we good. Well, hopefully whoever is listening to this and whenever you listen to it, I'm telling you, don't give up. Don't give up. You always can change your situations. And I pray that you're able to live in your genius and wake up every day and do something that you love. And on top of that, get paid for it. Love you guys. Make sure you tune in to Black Entrepreneur Blueprint every Monday, 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, all your major podcast platforms and YouTube. Also, uh, Ask J Live is eight o'clock. Normally, it's going back to 8 p.m. every Tuesday night. Uh, I've had some medical situations with some family members with my mom. So I'm traveling right now and uh, we'll get back on that regular schedule. All right, guys, I'll see y'all next week. Peace.